0: Locked On Podcast Network and State Farm present Paving the Way, a new series highlighting important voices across Locked On's network. Every month, our host Kanani Stevens will showcase other Locked On hosts who come from underserved communities to hear the challenges they face to become a sports broadcast personality. Who will be paving the way this episode? Find out now. State Farm believes it's important to champion diverse voices and create positive impacts in our neighborhoods. That's why our good neighbors at State Farm are proud to support the Paving the Way series and their mission to provide support to underserved communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In this week's edition, we check in with John Hickman from Locked on Texans about his childhood growing up in Houston and how he came to cover his hometown team. I'm with John Hickman here from Locked On Texans for this edition of Paving the Way. John, happy to have you doing the happy dance already. I love Mm -hmm. this for us. Um, We usually try to start out when we talk to our hosts and kind of see what their background was. Did you love sports as a kid? Did you kind of grow to love it? What really got you interested in it first for you?
1: Man, so I'm a 90s baby that grew up in the South and being outside was mandatory for us. There wasn't a lot of running back and forth. And so, you know, just being on... The sports of, you know, football, uh, basketball, falling in love with it, uh, playing with my cousins, playing with older people, uh, just being around it, being in the city, being from the city of Houston, uh, the rich history that we have, with football and culture here in Texas. From day one, I kind of just loved it. And uh, sports is one of those the energy is different when everything is going right in sports. And that's something that I've always loved.
0: I just love how it's like, it can be, you know, your release. It can be, you know, maybe a distractor. If you got something going on in your life, it can be the fabric of your life. It can be so many things to different people. Did you feel like sports was, was it intertwined in your family? Is it an interest, an outlet for you? How would you describe it?
1: Uh, For me personally, actually. So in my direct household family, Sports wasn't necessarily like something that we traditionally did. Um, actually, growing up, I wanted to be an actor. I took acting classes. At uh, one point, was very good at it. Even in high school, my last year, I was an actor for theater arts, you know, won a, won a competition, an award for a competition. But it was outside of the house where I felt like I can kind of be my own self. I don't have to feel bad for, you know, talking crazy on the court in, in that case on the concrete uh I won't be reprimanded for that I can go up and I can make a play and I can say whatever comes to my mind and I don't have to worry about my grandmother that's not how we you know getting in trouble from there so sports was a way for me to just kind of showcase a different side of my personality uh always fun and loving always energetic but I could also just kind of get a little nastier with it in terms of talking, making plays and 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 making plays for everybody else around me. So sports is something that I gravitated to simply because I can be a different version of myself and not feel bad about it.
0: Very cool. I'm sure you use that now as a host, getting to you know talk about your team every single day. Did you know when you went to college or when you went to school that this sports media was something you wanted to do right away or did you kind of figure that out later?
1: No, I knew when I was like five, six years old, honestly. I knew that TV and broadcasting was in my, in my life somehow. Uh, and here in Houston, they used to have fun days on Sundays, And so, like KHOU and all the news stations would come down. At a very young age, my mother still has a video of this on the VCR tape that's holding on by the thread. I stood in front of a camera and I said, my name is John Hickman and I'm from downtown Houston. I didn't say Houston at the time. So, I pretty much knew I was going to be in front of the camera. When I went to school, with the school for broadcast communication. I studied journalism. School writer, covering the football team, covering the soccer team, covering all the teams. One man army, honestly, did my own stand ups, uh, sports and broadcast form, specifically radios where I really feel in love with it. I felt like it was always in my path.
0: I went a similar route as you. I, I went to school for it. But when you're in school, you don't really realize what it is. And all of a sudden you're doing eight jobs at once. It's it's hard. It's difficult in a way that you don't realize until you're physically doing it. Um, was there any point where you're like, eh, I don't know about this or is it, did you just love it so much that you're
1: like, I'm a power through? Oh, no. Uh, so that was definitely points where it's like, man, I got to work three jobs, still go to school. And I was taking care of my brother at the time. He was in high school and I was going to college and it became a lot. Like it was days where I didn't want to do nothing. But the thought of where I am now always fueled me like, I always knew I, I was going to be here. So even on those days where I'm just tired and don't want to do anything, I got to get up, I got to do something, right? I got to I gotta script out a podcast that I started. I got to see what way I can connect to my mentor at the time, um, Gordon Williams, to see how can I get better in my craft as a reporter. So it was always something that even when I was on like running off E, I got to find a way to get better.
0: How important was the mentors that you've had in your life help? Help you get to the point where you are right
1: now? Everything. Honestly, everything. Uh, and my mentors were not always in the same spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest mentor was my uncle. My uncle always encouraged me that I could have everything I wanted in life and I could do it the right way. And so to hear that, a young Black kid growing up in maybe circumstances that it is what it is. I strive to always, at the very least, try to do things the right way, what we consider the right way. Um, So I owe a lot to my uncle. I owe a lot to my dad, who always told me, rest in peace to him. He always told me that there are certain things that are for you. There are certain things that's not for you. You know, kind of go focus on the things that's for you. Uh, My mom, who was the first person to put me on stage, right, to understand I have a personality, learn how to use it. And for Gordon Williams in college, my mentor it was the very first person that pulled me to the side and told me, you have something, go start a podcast. And so starting that podcast is how I met my co-host and meeting him is how we got to ESPN 97.5 during our um, internship. And then from there, that's how we got to where we are now. with Locked On Texans. So my mentors have always played a role in my life, major role in my life in different areas. But the encouraged encouraged words was always, you know, do you and do it the right way and find a way to do you that's different from everybody else.
0: There's truly nothing like someone that believes in you when you have a mentor that's like you can do this because when you go back to it, you can have everybody hating on you. But if I have that one person that believes in me that I can do it, that helps me so much. I don't even have words for it. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that, because. If you have someone that's done it and they're like, you can do it too. like, Because you don't always see the people doing the job that you want, right? Especially when you're kids, it's you look at it. I don't really see anybody doing the thing I want to do. I don't even know if I can. Um, How do you get over those kinds of things? Do you just visualize it anyway? Or how did you kind of deal with that as a kid?
1: Uh, Well, I found ways to watch people that look like me. So every Saturday after cartoons, inside stuff was coming on.
0: Oh yeah.
1: And um throughout the course of broadcasting, specifically for sports, we have the Stephen A's, we have the uh, we have a lot of legends. But in my eyes, nobody is topping Amar Rashad. That's right. simply because Amar Rashad found a way to be fun by still getting the jo- while still getting the job done. Um, one of my favorite episodes was when he was with Shaq. Right. And those are two comedian, fun personality guys on TV. I'm laughing, but they're still getting the job done. So Mm -hmm. I was always able to find a way. My grandmother was a librarian and there was times where I couldn't cut the game on. I couldn't play the game. I could not play TV. I got to go research something Black history. And so my interest was, let me go find something that I actually like and what I want to do. So just going through that process and seeing people that look like me Uh, ultimately overall. I feel like I'm never going to lose. I'm I'm going to go through hard times. Uh, things are going to get rough, but I feel like I know sometimes we got to keep the church and state separate, but I feel like God is always like you're not going to lose. So I'm not a loser in a sense of I'm going to find a way and it may be different. I'm very hard-headed. I'm proud to say I'm hard-headed because I find to do find ways to do things the way that I want to do it in a way that I can actually be 100% in and, and not kind of be controlled. So, um, I just always kind of knew it.
0: I love that. You got to back yourself, right? If no one else will, you have to back yourself. Yeah. How did you end up with locked on? Obviously you went to school for this. You were like, this is where I need to be at. Mm-hmm. And how? Tell me a little bit about how you met your co-host, how you ended up with locked on.
1: So the previous host of locked on Texans reached out to Cody, I think that they were writing for the same publication at that time. Shout out to my man, Cody Davis, the co-host of He Locked on Texans podcast. And he was presenting with it, and he said, hey, man, I'm finna leave. I got something else going on. I think that, because I know you guys do a podcast, would you like to take over? So Cody presented it with me, and at that time, we were doing our own separate podcast out of ESPN 97.5 radio station, and our goal at that time was to get on radio. Well, you quickly learn how things work in the radio business. And so when Locked On Texans came about, fun, fun fact, neither one of us are Texan fans. I'm a Patriot fan, and we have Ross somewhere. He's a Saints fan. So, it's like, hey, you know what? Let's do it. We both have a dream that we want to accomplish. We both got goals that we want to accomplish. We have a dream that we want to see through. Let's do it. And honestly, guys, year one was so tough for us because we're going from talking about the Rockets, talking about things that's going on nationally with the NBA and NFL. And now. 30 minutes, Houston Texans, strictly Houston Texans, Mm -hmm. and we were not in the door with the Texans as of yet, we were not names that the Houston Texans knew, so. It was difficult. There were so many times where Cody and I was like, you still want to do this? And if he asks me on Monday, I'll say yes. When I ask him on Friday, he'll say yes. So we always balance each other out. But that's how we got there. We're, we are going into, I believe, year four of covering the Houston Texans each and every year. We've got closer to the franchise. We've got better. Uh, we've gotten more access. You know, players know Cody, players know myself. And so that's how we got here, kind of hard work and not giving up, even when we really at times kind of was like, you know what, because I can go do some overtime. I got bills to pay for it. So, I can, but we just kept, kept doing it, and we're here.
0: Sometimes people don't understand talking about the team for like 10 minutes at the bar or whatever is completely different than trying to do a podcast every single day about the team in the off season when you're like, I had nothing to
1: talk about today and still making a show out of Can it. Can we talk about that for a minute? Just for a, a second. Not a minute. Listen, every, when we say your team every day, we mean it. We mean it. And we may get a day here or a day there to kind of take a break. But then a lot of times when you get in a groove, you kind of make that day up. And there's also something going on. And for Cody and myself, we had to sit through and, and talk about the Deshaun saga, Nick oh. Acerio saga. So much of us going on this past offseason. Uh it was so much hype around it. We were doing six shows in you know one week a couple of times. So the locked on podcast network. Can I say we got some
0: hustlers? I think that's it. We got true.
1: some hustlers. We work. We One thing about the NFL side, we kind of partner and, and, and bond with one another and see what they're talking about and pick each other's brain, man. And it's one big family, but it's a family full of workers. We all work.
0: I There's no non-hard workers at, that I've met anyway because people are always busting their butt trying to get good product out there. And I know you talked a little bit about this already, but... You know, you did have some some bad stuff that you had to cover, some difficult stuff, some you know, bad teams at the time. Did that help you be a little more creative and, and with how you were putting shows together where you're like, Well, I gotta make something out of this.
1: Uh, you know what that helped us do? That helped us f- say, you know what, let's focus on the good. Mm-hmm. Because talking about the bad was easy and and not When the bad was happening, of course, you report on it and you talk about it, you you focus on it and for a moment. But you would hear some shows and some podcasts or publications that that would be the entire meat of their show. So Cody and I got together, especially during the Deshaun Watson saga, of him wanting to sit out and not play for Houston. We kind of got together and said, hey, man, how can we attack this angle covering this team differently? How can we mention Deshaun, but how can we play off Deshaun to look at how that's affecting the other areas of the team or how this opportunity may be a big opportunity for Davis Mills, and it turned out not being a big opportunity for Davis Mills because we drafted C.J. Stroud here in Houston. But we wanted to get creative by just finding different ways to shine light, a positive light on this franchise, when at that time, the moment we went up 24-0 to the Chiefs, it went downhill from there. Right. So no Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien, GM trading everybody bag of chips for DeAndre Hopkins. We traded this person and then we drafted this person when Jonathan Taylor was right there for the picking. You signed who to a contract? So like throughout its entirety, after that two thousand, the 24 zero, there was a lot of bad. We just got together and said, it's going to be bad. We talk about it. But how can we talk about something good? And that's how we attacked it.
0: You feel like injecting your personality into it was big for you to just kind of be like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to make it the way that I want to do it. And I would want to hear people talking about it.
1: Absolutely. We talked about mentors. Shout out to Ross Jackson, man. That that dude there. Talk about, can I call you real quick and talk to you about something? It may not be at that moment, but he'll schedule time for you. Um, Ross, when we talked about YouTube, I don't know how much Ross did for me personally because when I figured out I was going to be in front of a screen again, that allowed me to kind of give myself another three to four year lifespan with the network. You know, so just an extension. I signed an extension when I found out we were going to be on YouTube because when I allow people to see me, when people can see me, then I can kind of make that connection. And I may not necessarily be seeing all of the however many watches views from the different people for the day. But I know that you're there. And I know that you're different from whoever else is watching. And I know that it's my job to bring to you what's going on, but also find a way to connect with you. So one of my favorite things is just the comment sections when people tweet or ex us. I don't know what it's called now. Right. But uh, the the YouTube, the being in front of people, uh, that helps me a lot. My personality, because now you're not just a listener; you're kind of family now. Now you're every day are from the Himalayas. You're one of my players, and I can talk to you like that while still bringing the facts, and it allows me to be fun. uh Podcasting is great, but when people can see you, that connection is totally different.
0: And that's what I love about lockdown. I say this all the time, but like they allow you to be yourself. They want you to be yourself. Like they're some of the best bosses I've ever had. Um, and i think that's part of why everybody likes it so much because every show is their own show in some way right and i know nfl super close cuz you guys are on each other's show there's cross shows and and i find that entertaining too just to see different styles for different shows do you enjoy working with the other hosts as well i love it
1: first of all i think we got the best group chat
0: <laughs> I, I i'm not in it but i've heard stories so we
1: have the best group chat it's so f- everybody has is funny but everybody is super helpful uh Locked on Giants, Miss Pat. Health, super helpful. Can play off her. Can come to her with ideas, and she not only would give you ideas back, but she'll give you resources. Uh, I like to call him the OG Wig. Wigs, super locked on Jack. Super helpful. Brandon Olson, who actually is locked on Gators, but he's in our chat. Everybody is so helpful with the NFL Network, and I'm just strictly strictly talking about NFL because that's who I'm with. It's a family and everybody's helpful. Everybody looks out for one another. Uh, I don't think I would have made it this far without the ideas and the helpful nature of everybody else in our uh, network.
0: We talked a little bit about, you know, being yourself and doing it your own way. When you think about kids now that, you know, want to get into what we're into, do you have advice for them? You know, having walked the road you've walked, what would you you try to give them in terms of advice?
1: Uh... Great question. Of course, do it your own way. Study, mm-hmm. study. That's I think studying is one of the greatest gifts that we can have because there's so much, so much material we can pull from. Mm-hmm. The game alone of NFL is a hundred years old. So, with the uh, the tools that we have now, the PFFs, Pro Football, like all of that you can go back and use as references to talk about things that's going on today, studying the game, studying what's going on, whatever it is, whether you're in school to be a law journalism, a lot in law or sports or, you know, media, I don't know, just study it Um, and find a way to represent where you are from. That is allowing you to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and people that's where you're from can be proud of you and you're not allowing that to be you're not allowing that to hold you back right mm-hmm. let the world see who you are because you know I think without that then who are we as people right uh, where we grew up our experiences make up who we are so show them that of course in the right way in the proper way um, and have fun doing it if you don't have fun
0: why you do, don't it? do
1: it why do it You know, uh, again, we talk about joke about your team every day and we're doing it every day. I wouldn't do this every day after having eight hour shifts, 10 hour shifts, 12 hour shifts and everything as an adult that comes with it. If I truly don't have fun. Mm -hmm. So have fun doing it.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And I love that you touched on be yourself, but also be prepared because, right, like know what you're talking about when you go out there. That was always big for me. Stay ready, don't get get ready. I love that advice. I know you're covering your team every day, so you know your team back and front. How have you seen your channel grow over that time? And then now with C.J. Stroud and where the team Mm -hmm. is at right now, there's a lot of hope behind it. There's a lot of talk, and I'm sure there's a lot more fans coming your way.
1: (laughs) Man, we've grown a lot, honestly. We've grown a lot. Like I said, YouTube has really helped us out. Uh, We've grown a lot. I think... The biggest area that we've grown in is having more access to the franchise and being able to take what we've learned or uh, been around with that because of that access and be able to report it and talk about it, discuss it in, po- in podcast form. Uh, with C.J. Stroud, with Will Anderson, with Derek Singling, with the one of the better personale- personalities on the, on the team, excuse me, Damian Pierce, who I had an opportunity to interview last year at the Senior Bowl, the sky's the limit. It honestly makes the idea of contemplating at some point leaving difficult because mm-hmm. it's kind of like your baby in a sense, right? Like, We came on Locked On when it was Locked On Texans when it was already a podcast, but it wasn't YouTube yet. And so, I don't see a limit on where we can go right now. I don't see a limit on how far we can grow because you got two guys and Cody and myself that love what we do. We work, and uh, we want to continue to see this channel grow. Uh, I'm actually neighborhood famous. I've been stopped by six different people. They've called me in different places and they say, hey, are you, are you, I got free Chick-fil-A one time because of that. Oh,
0: gotten. you should have started with that. That's way better than getting recognized. You get free I got
1: free Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. A guy was looking at me behind the counter as he was like getting food ready. And he was like, hey, um, um, are you uh, on YouTube? I was like, yeah, man. He was like, ah, locked on Texas. I was like, hey, that's me. So he looked around. He was like, hey, man, I love you all show. I go to school at H." Uh, he's going to school for this. When he looked around, I make sure nobody was looking. He's like, hey, you want something free? I said, uh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. But uh, like that's just the impact the show has been having uh, when I look at the channel. And we want to continue to grow.
0: So obviously, huge things for the podcast going forward. You can do with it whatever you want to as this process. Blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> too many words.
1: I know it. I know how it is. I don't
0: know where I'm going. All right. <laughs> okay. Three, two. John, you've done so much with Locked On. Texans, where do you see it going forward? How do you see your life going forward? Where are you at right now?
1: Again, I think Locked On is finna, you know, especially with the Texan podcast, but the network in general is going to continue to go to new heights. Uh, in life, man, in a couple of months, the projected date is November 13th. I will be a first-time dad. I'm having a baby girl. Her name will be Kiera Simone Hickman. And right now, each and every day, I get more and more excited about the fact of me and be, me being able to hold a little small mini version of myself. I'm kind of scared because like babies, when they first come out, I, I don't know. But I've been practicing, and I am super excited about that part of my life, uh, ready to walk that dad journey.
0: So cool. Girl dad journey and new challenges for you. I have no doubt you will succeed at all of them. And I'm very happy that you're able to join us here on the Paving the Way podcast. Before we end the show, we do want to highlight an organization that we've been working with in an effort to support Paving the Way for future generations faced with less favorable opportunities. State Farm and Locked On will be giving a donation to the incredible organization Everyone On. For every host that we feature on this series and for you, John, this week, the mission of everyone on is to unlock opportunity, connecting families in underserved communities to affordable internet services and digital literacy training. Doing so creates significant positive change in communities and society as a whole. So a big thank you to our good neighbors at State Farm for their support on behalf of our hosts and helping pave the way for so many others in our communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm and Lockdown Network share a common goal, helping to make our communities a better place. State Farm is committed to helping amplify individuals and organizations that lead the way in diversity, inclusion and social good. Because we know that investing in community building and uplifting diverse voices is crucial to creating a sense of belonging. State Farm is proud to sponsor the Paving the Way series and celebrate the changemakers that have paved the way in making our neighborhoods a better place for everyone.